You're listening to the North Canton Chapel podcast. Thank you for joining us today. The North Canton Chapel exists to make much of Jesus every day to everyone. It's our prayer that this podcast will equip you to do just that. We believe that there's nothing like the church united together in gospel community. We'd love if you'd stop in and say hello in person if you're in our neighborhood. Our gathering times are at 9 and 10.30 a.m. Thank you again for joining us today. Let's listen in. Well, it is so good to be with you today. My name is Scott Price, and I get to be the speaker for Amplified 2023. What a privilege it is to be with you today and to be able to share with you a little bit about what took place this weekend and how blessed it is to be a part of a youth ministry that gets it. Uh, my heart is so full right now, I can't even, I, I'm really struggling for words, which is pretty strange for me. Uh, and my heart is grateful at the same time to be part of a church where uh, we have the opportunity to do something like this, to be part of your ministry this weekend has been a great honor. And to be part of a team where these guys really understand that what's needed for these students and to be able to see these beautiful faces before me, uh, man, they blew us away this weekend. These students have been amazing. Anything we've asked from them, they've done it in incredible ways. They brought their friends. You're going to see half of them this morning. There'll be more here in the second service, of course. And so we, I just want to say to students, we are so proud of you. You exceeded the expectations and hope that we had for this weekend. Your heart's being so open and willing to grow, step out, uh, do the crazy things as well as the important things. You paid attention, you listened, you focused, you gave us respect, and you gave God's word respect. And we are very, very proud of you. As a church, you should be as well too. And to be a part of a church like this where we can do this this morning is pretty amazing to think about it. I get to speak for a lot of churches, a lot of youth groups, uh, all over the world, even, in fact. But what's happening this morning is very unique. It doesn't happen very often. Most of the time, if a church has a youth ministry, they're proud of that, but they kind of have it as a department. And here we can see where the church sees the youth as a part of the church, not a department. That we would share a Sunday morning where some of us got stretched a little bit this morning, maybe a song or two that was a little different than we're used to, or an activity, or, or standing longer than normal, whatever it was, but you came together to celebrate our young people. And to that, uh, that tells me that we are part of a church where we see God doing something very important. Now, there's a book that came out a few years ago called Growing Young, and it was a, a book that said, uh, it was by Fuller Youth Institute, and they did some research, and they said, hey, everybody's talking about churches that are on the decline. Everybody's talking about uh, young people who graduate from their youth group and go off and then walk away from their faith. What if we actually surveyed the churches where they aren't declining? What if we surveyed uh, young people who are still walking in their faith? And what they found was, it didn't matter the size of church or what side of town they were on, that they found one of the common themes, and the most common theme was that this church would choose to grow young. They were willing to involve their young people in their services to where the young people knew that this was their church. In other words, think about it. If we don't do something like this, these guys graduate, they go through high school, and they, they walk with their diploma, and they go off to do whatever God has for them to do. And when they come back to church, where do they go? They go back to their youth group, right? Because that's what they, all they've ever known. But if they do that, they can't because they've already aged out, right? They can't go back there. And if they don't have a church to come back to, then they probably are less likely to continue in their faith. And so to do what we're doing this morning stretches all of us, but it's so worth it because these guys are so worth it. And so to North Canton Chapel, I say, way to go. 
congratulations. You're doing something that I wish more churches would do. So thank you for taking the extra effort. And of course, I have to say this morning, man, you've got some great people here on staff. And I wish I could have the time to talk about all of them, but especially Austin and Roger. Guys, you are something else, man. And what a blessing to work with them. And again, working with young people around the country, I can promise you, you're blessed. We are blessed this morning. Hey, we're going to review a little bit about what we talked about this weekend. So since you weren't here for Friday and Saturday, we'll give you a little bit of a heads up. We talked about on Friday night about who is God and who am I? We're talking about our identity. And we were talking about how God wants to redefine the identity that we have in our lives. Especially as young people, trying to understand who it is that I am. And in light of God, who do I want to be? Then we talked yesterday about how does this world influence me? Uh, The second part of John 17, where this world is actually coming on us. It's coming on all of us, no matter what age, right? The world is a challenge for each of us. But can you imagine what it would be like to be 12 years old in this world today? Or 14, 16, 18, trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with your life when all these challenges are coming at us. And we we talked about that. And today we want to talk about how a young person can actually influence the world. You know, most of the time we kind of take a retreat. We just try to stand strong in the storm of life, of this world as it comes upon us. Yet what we believe from God's word is that these young people are not only going to survive in this world, but they're going to thrive in this world because they have Jesus Christ as their firm foundation. It's not just a song. And as we saw in these students' lives, the decisions that they're making right now before us, it's incredible what God can do with their life. So we've added a little bit to this phrase we've been saying all weekend. We're saying you will know who you are when you know whose you are. But we're going to make it personal now. And students can actually say, I will know who I am when I know whose I am. All right? But then why? So that we can know what we are called to do. Once we understand our identity, then we understand who we are part of and why we have that identity. That once we take that identity, we can actually do something about that for this world to be a better place. And believe me, this generation wants this world to be a better place. If you haven't paid attention to the news recently, uh, there's been a revival going on in Asbury College, it's a university now. It happened back in the 70s with young people, and it's happening again right now, where young people are saying, we want God more than anything else. And it's drawing the attention of the whole world. Well, why can't it happen here too? And we believe it is happening in these young people. They want to influence my world. Here's a phrase a student would say to you. To influence my world, though, I'm going to need some help. To make a difference in the people around me, I can't do it alone. I'm going to need some help. Uh, This is coming from your students. This is what they would tell you. They would want you to know that they want to live a life of significance. They don't want their life to just waste away or just be consumed, but they want to do something about it. But it won't be easy. And so we talk about the word amplified. It's a perfect word for this weekend. Whoever came up with it in the beginning, uh, I believe it was God-led because it fits so perfectly. But when we look at the definition, it literally means to expand by the use of detail or illustration or by closer analysis. Whatever, right? Uh, Second definition would be to make larger or greater as in, in amount or importance or intensity. Or I like the third definition way better. Crank up the volume. Right? Crank up the volume. That's what Amplify is for, right? And that's what we did this weekend. I mean, we cranked up the volume. And not just in music, but in everything we did. These guys did 100%. Man, they're so much fun. We just did everything at the next level. So Amplify, 
crank up the volume. That's what we're going to do. Now, scripture, scripture review for what we were, were talking about. Uh, John 17, Jesus is doing something pretty incredible. After four chapters of him investing very intimately in his disciples, his dream team, his Avengers, we kept saying this weekend, the people he would entrust his ministry to, he does the unthinkable and he prays for them. When he's literally getting ready to go to his unfair trial on the cross, he knows what's ahead of him, but he takes time to say, this is what's important and I will pray for my disciples. Think about that. Instead of a time of receiving, he's giving. Um, and interestingly enough, many people believe that most of the disciples, other than Peter, were probably are close to being teenagers themselves. Right? Isn't that mind-blowing when you think of it that way? We think of them as, as aged men who have wandered, wandered in the wilderness and learned so much from Jesus. But they're young people, just like we have here today, who Jesus himself, God's son, would empower, empower and trust the ministry too. Now, in the first day, we, uh, verses one through five, we covered knowing God and our identity being in him. That was Friday. We were looking at how our identity can be shaped or redefined when we understand who is God and how we can know him. In fact, John 17, three, that this is eternal life, that we may know him, uh, know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. And then the next night we talked about verses 6 through 12 where we talked about being connected to God was so important that we had belonging to God that when we can get connected to him, we don't, we're not doing this alone. Our identity is not something that's individual and it's something where we're out on our own, left alone. But we are actually connected to God in relationship with him through Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit that we can have this connection. We can be belong, we belong to God's family, belong to a, a body of Christ, that these young people don't have to do it alone. And you are part of that answer because we belong to the body of Christ, the big body of Christ, and here locally as well too. Now today we talk about verses 13 through 21. And we're going to talk about some of the verses here and how important it is that we see that Jesus wanted his team, his team of teenagers, to advance the gospel, to advance for God. Not just know him and understand him, but to advance for him. Now, that seems a little audacious, right? We're like, hey, these kids live in a tough world, and you're going to ask them to go change the world? Yeah, that's exactly what we're asking, because God's word talks about that. And we see that this is the mission as he moves them forward. In fact, it would be wrong to tell them that they couldn't, because Jesus believed in his young people. And if, in fact, God wants to change the world, who is he going to do it through? And I got something to say. I'm going to say a couple times, probably a couple of times this morning, because I hear my pastor's voice who's passed on now. But I remember him saying as we would come to youth group and he gets together and he'd say, People are going to tell you, they're going to tell you that you are the church of tomorrow and we'll pray for you, young people. And he said, tell them, you look him in the face and say, I respectfully disagree. And like, what? Why would we say that? And I was like, that's a little, a little strong, right? And he said, tell them that, no, no, I, I hear what you're saying and I appreciate that. But pray for us because we are the church of today. We are the church. We're not waiting to be the church. And someday, as young people, we can be the church of today. And I believe that's true more than ever before. And being with your young people this morning, I'm sure of that. Now we gotta move on. John 17, verse 13 says this. But now I am coming to you, Jesus is saying this to the Father as he's praying for his disciples, continuing on in this prayer. But now I'm coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have joy, have my joy fulfilled in themselves. 
In other words, while they're realizing this, that he's checking out and as he's giving them this mantle, he's passing on the torch, giving them this trust of this ministry. He says that I'm praying that they would go into this world, that they would speak in this world, that they may have joy, my joy fulfilled in themselves. Understanding this ministry that I've invested into them, Father, I pray that they will never forget what it's like to be in the center of God's will. Young people, I pray that you will never forget what you felt this weekend. It's easy to. Tomorrow kicks right back in and everything else will pull away from us, but may, that you will not forget the joy you have in Christ Jesus. John 17, 14 says this. I have given them your word, Jesus says. What's important, right? You know, sometimes there's a lot of youth ministries we're just trying to get to students and we just make a lot of fun and, and invest a lot of different ways. And, but if we don't give them the word of God, Jesus's word, then we're coming up short. We're, we're giving them an excitement that has no power. And so here he says, I'm giving them, I've given them my word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the, this world. Interesting, huh? Jesus says, I'm not of this world. He declared that, showed that in many different ways. But he says, now, after three and a half years of investments, they too are not of this world. Luke 6.40, cool verse. Uh, I love to refer to it often. It says, a disciple, Jesus says this, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Interesting that at this point, Jesus, Jesus is able to say, that you guys are like me. Just as I am not of this world, you too are not of this world. And Father, that's the case. They have come to this place where they are no longer part of this world. And so he, pa he passes on this encouragement. Verse 15 says, I do not ask that you take them out of this world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Interesting, right? Because I think sometimes in church we want to do this. It would actually be pretty cool if we could, right? And sometimes we kind of want to pull our students away from the world and kind of just huddle them up and protect them, right? And while earlier in this chapter, we see that Jesus says that over and over again. He says, I've protected them while they were here. But is it wrong to keep them there? That there's a point where they have to be in the world, but not of this world? He says here, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. And as a parent, as a leader of a church, and we see these beautiful faces before us. Sometimes I want to get in here and mess this up and go, but I don't care. I want to protect them. I want to take them out of this world. But wouldn't that be wrong? The very purposes that God has for them is going to be proven and tried when they go and they stand in the very world that's going to give them the hurt that they, they can't handle. But with Jesus Christ, he'll give them the peace, the strength, and the power and direction to do that. And so that's why we can't take them out of this world. Jesus didn't ask for that either. He wanted his disciples to be in the world, just not of it, just like he was. We go on in verse 17, uh, 16 and 17. He reminds him and he de declares to God, I, well, I, wish, I wish Jesus would be able to pray this about me, right? Think about what he's saying about his disciples. He says here, they are not of this world. They are not of this world, just as I am not of the world, as he's declared earlier. In verse 17, he says, sanctify them in the truth, because your word is the truth. What does Jesus say about you and I when, when he's praying to the Father for us? You know, because he is the advocate for us, right? And what does he say when, when he's praying for us? Can he say something like this? Yeah, yeah, that one, 
He's not of this world. She's not of this world. He's not of this world. He's not of this world. He is something different. I am so proud of him. Look at what he is doing. And then he goes on, and, and one of the greatest things he could do to encourage these, these disciples in their faith is to pray for them and say, Father, sanctify them in truth. Your word is true. Sanctify literally means to make them holy, set them apart, unique, make them very unique. Listen, when we're followers of Christ, we're no longer just getting by or surviving. We're not normal. We are abnormal. We are, we're something set apart for his glory. We are his masterpiece. Uh, it says in Ephesians 2.10, right? And God sees our young people that way. Jesus sees his disciples that way, that you are set apart. And so sanctify you, set you apart with back to his truth, his word. We, we can't skip around that, guys. We have to be in God's word. Over and over again, we see Jesus praying that at this time, that, Father, make sure that my word, your word is in them because that will be the strength. That will be their direction. God will always be speaking to them if they're always in God's word because those are his words. We go on here in verse 18 through 19. It says, as you sent me into the world. Let's make it very clear. Jesus came into this world for a purpose, right? Now, we know that he came to the cross to die for our sins. If we choose to accept that and follow him and turn our lives over to him and be followers of Christ, we can have eternal life in the power of the resurrection. But do you know that earlier we talked on Friday night that in verse 4, there was actually a place where in John 17, 4, where Jesus says, I have finished the work you have given me. And yet this is before the cross. What work did he finish? He finished a work that, that had not happened yet. We were thinking, oh, the work he came for, we're so focused on the cross and the resurrection that we forget there was a mission that Jesus had, and that was to go and make disciples. And so here he is at this time, says, you sent me into this world to make disciples. You've sent me here, and now I have sent them into the world. So the very thing you called me to do was to go and make disciples. Father, look at them. And now we always look at the imperfections of the disciples, but I think Jesus was praying with, with a, an amount of, of love and, and asper, uh, inspiration for them because of that. He says, I have sent them into the world because the very thing you gave me, I can now entrust them to do as well. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may be also sanctified in truth. Keeps coming back to that truth, right? We live in a world where nobody wants to hear about truth, right? There's no right or wrong. It's whatever you feel. And that's what these young people are facing in a world today where there's so many things that, that are not clear. Maybe in our generation it was, and today it's changed. And so they've got a challenge before them. That this idea of living out truth is going to be harder than ever, ever before. It's, you, if you study youth culture at all, you'll understand that it is a challenge that they've got before them. And I would encourage you to keep being involved in their life in so many ways because of that. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Verse 20, 21. Got to get to these. Verse 20 says, I do not ask for these only. Now notice he's been praying for his disciples. He said, I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for the disciples. But right now, this is powerful stuff, guys. Check it out. I do not ask for these only. Oh, I love this. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. I'm not just praying for my disciples right now, Jesus says, but I'm praying for all the people that they will reach and all the people that they will reach. Because when you make disciples, a disciple will one day make a disciple who will make a disciple and it will go on. And here we are 2,000 years later. Jesus was praying for you. In this prayer, in this moment, before he goes to the cross, he's praying for you and I because he knew that these 11 would go on to do what God called them to do. 
Isn't that an amazing thought? And then also, that means that he's trusting a generation of young people to go and do the same thing. That's why they can't be the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. Did you know that 85% of young people who come, or 85% of the people who come to Christ will often do so before the age of 18? If we want to reach the world for Jesus, we've got to do youth ministry. Now, verse 21 says this, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And they also may be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. In other words, with their unity, if they stay strong together, belonging to the body of Christ, that's why we are all in this together, that they also will be able to see others believe in Jesus just because of their testimony as well. Wow. So much we could talk about. This passage is so rich, and there's so many more verses here. But today, I want to go on a little bit just to remind you of what we've been talking about here. In this chapter, we've talked about in verse 3 that we are called to salvation. If you don't know Christ today, this is your day. Jesus died for you. Make the decision. Follow him. It's the best one ever because he said that this is what eternal life is, that you may know God and Jesus Christ, whom he, whom has, sent, who he has sent. And then in verse 4, we talked about earlier about Jesus making disciples and how that he had finished the work. The work was to make the disciples he made. And he's calling us to do the same thing as well today. We would be part of the disciple-making process. And then then third, we see that he was calling them to stand strong. Verse 11, 15, 18, that they were not of this world. Don't take them out of this world, but I send them into this world. They were going to have to stand strong. It was not going to be easy. And it's not easy for our young people today either. In fact, I think it's getting harder every generation. I'm more encouraged, but I've also seen that it's just a tough. Finally here we see in verse 20 and 21 that we are also called to the next generation. I love what's happening here. Let's keep it up because this next generation is the one is impacting the next generation, which is impacting the next generation. Parents and adults, we need your help. Young people would tell you this. This task is too big for us to take on alone. There are many adults that served here this weekend. We saw our church leaders. I think pretty much everybody on staff was here doing something. We saw a team of volunteers that came together and gave and gave, even when their eyes were saying, I don't have anything else to give. They kept doing it. We, we had meals. Man, did we eat well this weekend, right, young people? Man, we had so much good food. People were taking good care of us. Every time we went away, we came back, things were cleaned. It was incredible what took place. There was 30 adults here last night that were hanging out here ready to run a race at like 10 o'clock at night called the Amazing Race to run with our young people and give them a game to do something. So much more that I could talk about. This place is very special, and I would just say this is my North Canton home. I feel real, really at home over here. It's pretty cool. Love what you're doing here. But through the years, I want to share with you this last thought. Through the years, I've asked young people, hey, if, if you could tell us something, what would you tell me? And it's just a fun question because I believe students learn so much more by uh, having the chance to talk than to listen. I think most, most of us adults think we want to talk more and they'll learn more, but I think, always, I think it works the other way around. And so here are the top 10 statements that I believe our students would want us to know as adults. Top 10 statements I think are valuable. Um, <clears throat> number one is um, don't, get so excited about victories and defeats. As young people, we know we're going to fail and we know that we're going to win, but don't go overboard about it because sometimes it feels like there's so much pressure that comes with that. We already know that we're, we can lose and we already know that we can win and we just need to know that that's not so important that it stresses us out. Another one is, uh, would you try to have realistic expectations for us? 
We're just kids. <laughs> we're just teenagers. Now, granted, we are the church of today, but we've got a lot of learning to do. We have a lot of growing to do. Could you just be fair? You know, we're going to strike out, <laughs> and we're going to mess up that song. We're not always going to get all A's. Um, just if you give us a little bit of, uh, less pressure, we, we think we'll actually do better. Another one is, um, could you empower us instead of enable us? Sometimes you feel like I mean, just giving us stuff, that really doesn't help us. But can you teach us and train us, coach us, challenge us, push us, empower us? Because we want to do great things. We don't want to be enabled. Don't just, we don't want freebies. We want, we want a challenge. Other thing I think some young people would say, once in a while, give us some space. It doesn't mean that we don't want to be with you. It just means that we're, we're just trying to work through things. Right? We, sometimes we don't get, we're, we don't even know what we're hearing and we're saying. We're, we're trying to process that. One of the things that happened this weekend, it was so intentional. There was talk, there was time for small groups, and then there was time for students to have space to kind of work through what they thought God was working in their life. Another one would be, could you ask questions? Because lectures are not as effective as you think. They would say, uh, ask more questions. Uh, help us to discover truth. Because when we discover truth, then it becomes our conviction. When we're told what it is, we almost feel like it's a challenge. So help us there. Also, it proves to us that you really want to know what we think and believe. Some students would say, hey, could you lead by example? Because your action speaks so loud that I can't always hear what you're saying. I really, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying more by what you're doing. And so when you act out what you believe, it teaches me far more than the words you could ever say. But on the same hand, tell us, a, tell us your story. We want to know. We want, and we want to know the good and the bad in your story. It's okay. We don't expect you to be perfect. We can still look up to you as our heroes, young people would say. In fact, we trust you more when you're honest with us about your struggles too. Help other students. Because when you're helping other students, you're showing us what it looks like to minister to the people we want to reach. When you minister to our friends, it makes a big difference as well, too. In fact, I know, I think uh, Austin talked about it a couple weeks ago in here. I'm just going to reiterate it. It's so important. Most churches will ask, what's your leader to student ratio? Like um, student to leader ratio. In other words, for every seven students, do you have a leader? Every 10 students? Or is it every five students? Do you have a leader? I would challenge you to flip that the whole other way around and say, for every student, how many adults are in that person's life? And I would challenge us to think, since we're a great church to care about young people, wouldn't it be great if we had five adults, five caring adults in the life of every student? That means we can double up. You don't have to be a youth leader. You can be doing it from any place in the church, but just take an interest in a young person so that they know that they care, that you care about them. Flip that upside down, right? Um, another one they would say, could you listen to what we don't say? In other words, sometimes we don't even know how to put into words what we're feeling. And so help us. We don't know the next step. And maybe you do. Finally, always and at all costs, always believe in us. Because if you know you're in our corner, we can get through the tough times. And if you're in our corner, we can do great things for God too. Ben, would you come up as we wrap up today? There's so much we could talk about this morning. But we believe that Jesus in this passage showed us that he wanted his disciples to know God to grow in God, to belong and be connected to God, to take the gospel message to all the world, and then to reach future generations, making more disciples, right? And Jesus said this in John 17, 3, that, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Students, parents, 
church leaders, together is our word. Together, what can, God, what can God do through us if we're together? Not departments, not groups, or classifications. It's fun to play the game and joke about our differences. We know that there are differences, right? But we need each other so much. What took place this weekend was amazing. May we never forget. But may it never end. I love the Amplify. It was 2014. Here we are still doing it. Together, let's help students discover their identity, where they belong, and what part they play in the Great Commission. Our students are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. Let's help them impact their world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for a church that's willing to say, we want what's best for our church, for our young people, for our Savior. And Lord, whatever glory that you want to receive from this weekend, Father, we stand here and we want to get out of the way because we want the name of Jesus Christ to be lifted high and the, the lives of these young people and the adults that care so much for them. Father, thank you for this place. But thank you for every face in this place that you died for and you continually ministered to us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you have your way now as we worship you? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the North Canton Chapel Podcast. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please share this episode with your friends or spread the word on social media. If you subscribe and leave a five-star review, it goes a long way to helping us make much of Jesus every day to everyone who hears these podcast episodes. You can also donate to this ministry at nchapel.com forward slash give. Thanks again for joining us. May you go out into your places and spaces making much of Jesus every day to everyone.